Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Asian Unfiltered from a different lens. Hey, it's Charlie here with Asian Unfiltered. I'm going to be talking about why the China virus shouldn't be used and the implications of the utility of calling COVID-19 the China virus. But before we get into that, I want to thank my sponsor, which is Bet Online. You know, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. If you're into the NBA, basketball specifically, the NCAA tournament is still playing, meaning March Madness. I'm a big hoops head. I'm a giant Laker fan. Also into boxing and MMA. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. So, back to the term China virus. I'll tell you why it isn't appropriate to call it that. The main reason is because of today's tide, you have to use the scientific term. It's not the intelligent people, the well-researched people, or the people that understand that are not harmful or racist or will act upon anger that you have to worry about calling it the China virus. It's the idiots. It's the people who storm a Capitol when your former racist president tells you to go up there and endanger people's lives. It's the people who get irresponsibly angry and then what they do is they take it all out on the elderly Asians. So it's not really because we're in denial that it originated in China, specifically in Wuhan, but it's a different tide. A lot of people misunderstand things. Even before President Trump, you know, if you follow stand-up comedians, there's the cancel culture, there is the Me Too movement, and that's another discussion, by the way, where people just act upon or irrationally think and act on canceling and taking out someone, at least for their career. So now in this case, it's acts of violence. You know, there was the Atlanta shooting and rest in peace to the non-Asians. But, you know, it looks like the Asians were specifically targeted. There was the Colorado shooting. And I do believe the person was of Syrian descent. And that looks like a hate crime towards whites. So it's not the educated people. It's not the people that can take in information, and look at it on a semi-objective mindset. It's for the people who are maniacal. And that's why you can't name it according to where it started. To be honest with you, like the Ebola virus, I'm, I'm okay with renaming that. I'm okay with changing the West Nile virus term. Because you have to go scientific now. Why do you think H1N1, even though there was the outbreak in Mexico, but it was scientifically labeled. I mean, that came from North American and Eurasian pigs. The Spanish flu, it was wrongfully blamed. They had a scientific name, and it was called influenza. Okay, it started at Fort Riley in Kansas when about 100 soldiers got sick. But the biggest spread happened in Spain, so guess what? It was called the Spanish flu, even though it shouldn't be. Take a look at SARS. It was labeling of pre-COVID, and it's the original pre-variant, right? So it's called SARS. Again, it's the mob that I'm worried about. There's so many other diseases, such as like cholera, 
bubonic plague, smallpox, and as I mentioned, influenza. So you have to use the scientific term. And then since Asian Americans were vilified, the biggest issue is people are now taking it all out on all Asians, not just Chinese looking people, but how, but how do you distinguish? So anyone Asian, anyone older, boom, you attack and harm, you shove. There's so many Asians that passed away, especially the elderly ones, right? There was a Thai man that was shoved in his driveway. His head hit the concrete pavement. He passed. There was a Filipino guy. He looks like the Joker where he was slashed from ear to ear. And there was that grandma from San Francisco where thankfully she fought back and used a stick, which by the way, great story. People donated almost like a million dollars and she gave it all back on her GoFundMe. She donated it to the AAPI, which is amazing to hear. Because, I, I mean, let's keep it real. I would have been generously donating like $10,000 to AAPI, but I, and I would have ran away with the rest of that money. But, you know, kudos to her. All heart, all generosity. And she could take a punch and hit you back with a stick. And I'm not going to deny that there are racist Asians. Because there's racist blacks, there's racist whites, there's racist Latinos. I used to work in Sherman Oaks. I experienced racism. I used to work for this company and across the street was an El Pollo Loco and a Rite Aid. And Notre Dame High School was right there. It looked like a very young 13 or 14 year old was crossing the street with me. And then by the time he walked away, he was like Virginia Tech and pointed at me. And that was the Asian kid who went nutso and killed people at Virginia Tech. I remember turning left into Ventura, a legal left. And a white guy was scared even though he was in the far right lane and I was turning into the middle lane. And he got scared because I was turning into the left. And he did the whole slant eye gesture and flipped me off. So that's the extent of racism that I've experienced. Even at the start of the pandemic, I was at a Silver Lake grocery store. I won't name the grocery store. But someone at the parking lot, this female white person was looking at me weird, like kept staring at me. To where her boyfriend saw her looking at me and grabbed her by the bicep and said, come on, let's go. I'm not going to deny there's racist Chinese people in China. They're prejudiced towards Muslims. That's absolutely evident. So like I'm saying, when I got COVID, two of my best friends who happened to be white, they were the ones who acted fast and brought me over groceries when they knew my mom, my brother, and the caregiver, including myself, all got COVID within a week. And you know what they both did? They grocery shopped and dropped off goodies outside my house. And honestly, I'm really tired for my white friends who are not racist they're probably tired of racist white people too. So I'm not being exclusive in this sense. I'm being inclusive. And I do know that every race has bad people. But anyways, you know, a lot of this was really started to where African Americans were pitted against Asians due to that term model minority. And let me talk about the term model minority. It was first coined by a sociologist named William Peterson. In January 1966, New York Times published an article called The Success Story, The Japanese-American Style. And in the article, 
Peterson attributed the apparent success of Japanese Americans. So let me go ahead and read the prologue for that article. The term model minority was first coined by sociologist William Peterson in a January 1966 New York Times Magazine article. Success story, Japanese American style. In the article, Peterson attributed the apparent success of Japanese Americans only 20 years after the World War II incarceration in internment camps to cultural values, strong work ethic, family structure, and genetics. Peterson's article follows the 1965 Moynihan Report, which blamed African-American culture and family structure for African-Americans' socioeconomic problems. The model minority analysis also pitted Japanese Americans and later all Asian Americans against so-called problem minorities, which many say has distracted from charges of institutional racism. And in turn with that too, because we were labeled the model minority, a lot of people don't even take serious as far as for um, our strife in our diaspora and racial history. The ironic thing too, after George Floyd, how that brought so much attention, there is a 30-year-old Marine veteran, Angelo Kinto. They did the exact same police neck hold where someone kneels on the back of someone's neck and he passed away. And this is after George Floyd. So there's two things that is really terrible about that. One, George Floyd passed. You can say murdered. And then they did the same hold again and restraint to a former military veteran. And because he's Filipino, he's marginalized. Here's some audio from YouTube in regards to the incident. Next here to the family of a 30-year-old Navy veteran tonight claiming their loved one died after a police officer allegedly put his knee to his neck for several minutes. The DA is now investigating, and here's Kana Whitworth. Tonight, the family of a 30-year-old Navy veteran who died after police restrained him is speaking out, alleging a police officer put a knee on his neck until he lost consciousness and died three days later. It didn't make sense to use that level of force and, and restraint on somebody who was not violent. What happened? Newly released video showing the aftermath of the disturbing incident. Angelo Quinto on the ground. You can hear his mother's panic. Cassandra Quinto Collins says her son, who suffers from depression, was having a mental health crisis when they called police on December 23rd for help. Does he have a pulse? She says when they arrived, Quinto was calm, alleging that police then grabbed him and threw him to the ground. He says, please don't kill me, at least twice. Ultimately, the George Floyd pole was placed on the back of his neck, cut off his breathing apparatus, and he was uh, a comatose within a matter of minutes. There wasn't any attention towards that. Honestly, I'm, I'm still a little pissed off by that, but what can we do? I hope that kid Angelo rests in peace. Well, not, not a kid. He's 30 years old. But I am absolutely happy that there are Asian Americans that are standing up. They're fighting against this Asian hatred and the murdering and the assault on elderly Asian people. Here's actor Daniel Day Kim talking about the Stop Asian Hate rally. It is not just a black and Asian issue. It is something in the psyche of this country where somehow it's okay to abuse physically or verbally abuse Asian Americans. We're being scapegoated. How do you try to distinguish between, you know, crimes of opportunity, crimes of just simple rage versus racism? You know, we can talk about all the nuances, but this is not just one community. It is every community. We have the tech CEO in, in the Silicon Valley who verbally abused an Asian family in a restaurant. 
Asian piece of shit. Oh my god. And then we have Torrance Karen. Go back to whatever Asian country you belong in. So I'm really happy that someone in that position is actually using what they have as far as for voice wise to express and to demonstrate that, hey, this isn't cool. This is not good. We all need to act upon it. Up next, we have Dr. Connie, one who's a community leader, and she talks about us Asians being scapegoated. When the previous administration said things publicly, like the Wuhan virus. The China flu. The China virus. The plague from China. We have to be accurate. Unapologetically. He helped to stoke the fires of anti-Asian violence against our communities. And that's exactly what I'm talking about in regards to why you have to stop calling it the Kung flu, which is an insult, the China flu, the Wuhan virus. And I used to be a member to a couple of Facebook groups who were moderated by now exposing themselves as racist whites to where, you know, they call it the Kung flu. No, So who else has recovered from the Kung flu? Anybody has a Wuhan cough? It's examples like that where people, you give them a voice, you give them enough rope and they hang themselves and I'm no longer friends with them. And I'm no longer part of their martial arts groups on Facebook. You know, there was even more tension in the LA riots, I remember, between, I don't know if it's between Asians or if it's Koreans versus blacks. Long after that, since the George Floyd incident, Asians for Black Lives Matter has been in full support, fully demonstrative, and was in unity with the Black Lives Matter movement. Historically, there have been tensions between the African-American and Asian-American communities, but George Floyd galvanized the two communities in a way that I'd never seen before. I'd never seen more Asian-Americans standing up in support of Black Lives Matter, myself included. And so I'm hoping that that momentum carries over into these cases because it really ultimately is about a collective, unified response to injustice. So I could think it to myself, but we need people like Daniel Day Kim to talk about it, who has a good vocal platform since he's an established actor. I know there's Olivia Munn, who is a big proponent for stopping the Asian hate. I know in the on the pop music community, Apple the App from the Black Eyed Peas, he had like a little event in regards to, you know, stopping Asian hate. A great thing that took place was a rally in New York where Black Lives Matter advocates were participants of the Stop Asian Hate rally. And here's some audio on that event. Let's not let the skin color or our ethnicity and culture fool each other. We are in the same fight. I am on you guys' side with what happened in Georgia on Tuesday should have never happened. We feel for you guys because it happened to us last year. They, they did the same thing in Georgia when they killed nine African-Americans in the church. So we feel what you guys are feeling because we've been feeling that since the day we were born. And now they're trying to turn the table and it's white supremacists against all of us. So you have to understand that their fear is that they're going to become the minority because they know that we outnumber them together. So let's not let them dismantle what we see here. I talked to a friend of mine and he said he's, he's white and black. He and his sister went over to Chinatown to go ahead and support the businesses out there, bought food, 
bought some Chinese trinkets, and it really is good to hear that. I posted on several podcasts ago where, to a steady beat of this drum, young African Americans are starting to think Asians are biting on it, black culture, but you know what? Listen to that pod, listen to the prologue, listen to the when the oppressed becomes the oppressor pod, you know, and and we have to nip that at the bud right there. But I'm glad this is happening. I'm really sad for all those mass murders, but I just wanted to share instead of just complaints, instead of just magnifying the racism and the assaults and murders, but there is some form of repair taking place also. So thank you so much for tuning in. Spread the word, share it, and signing off in the meantime, it's Charlie Wood, Asian Unfiltered on the Believe Podcast Network. Asian Unfiltered on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.